gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 312. Thank you so much for the support, uh, the the love for the podcast. The last week when we did the Andor review, it, it's a great show. And I hope that people realize the podcast is not nearly as good as the show uh, was. Uh, for those of you who tuned in and expect to hear the tribute to Kevin Conroy, uh, putting something like that together uh, takes a little time. And Thanksgiving kind of got in the way. Uh, trying to get four, five, six voices from Justice League and Batman the Animated Series and get them all on time at the same time is a kind of a conundrum. So uh, it, it's coming. That's all I can say is it, it is coming. Our, our guest today is a guy I literally saw on Twitter. I was uh, planning the podcast. This is what I do. And he wrote something like, what's good today? And I said, you know what's good? The Hall of Justice podcast is good. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that out of nowhere, uh, I cannot believe that I'm sitting with a gentleman. Uh, you know him from Heroes. You know him from Star Wars. He's done so much for epilepsy. We're going to talk about all of that. He's doing documentaries. He's got all these things going on. Uh, none other than the great Greg Grunberg right here oh, on the oh. podcast. The wow. great, How about the this? great. I love that. First of all, um, yeah, I, I, so put random. Out, I put out uh, what's the good word, which I've done a number <laughs> of times just to hear what people will say. And it usually goes sideways and people give me their political or the this. <laughs> and I'm not I'm, I'm so not about that anymore. And I'm like, come on. And you you reached out and I was like, well, this is interesting because I do enjoy the podcast. And, you know, what a way to connect, man. You got to so be random. I have my tentacles out, you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting everybody to do this, but when, when there's somebody that I respect that responds, I'm like, let's go. Oh, that's so. awesome. I really appreciate that. Um, you are in the Fablemans and yeah. uh, congratulations on that. Uh, I'm not, not going to lie. I had about 12 hours to get ready for this, this interview. So I haven't yeah. seen the Fablemans uh, yet, but uh, the, the, the buzz is all, all about it. What can you tell our listeners? A lot of whom will probably also have not seen it yet. Well, I'll tell you first. I'll I'll give you the you know what what the studio uh, wants you to know, and and uh, which is oh, it is such a beautiful so movie. Yeah, I mean it is it is a beautiful movie. It is Spielberg's personal story. This is the story of Steven Spielberg, and from you know when he was uh, four years old till about I would say it's about sixteen, seventeen. And so you see the inspiration, you see where he gets some of the, uh, a lot of the emotional stuff and the connection to family and all that. It's so well done. The acting is amazing wow. in it. Um, I am in the second to last 
um, two scenes near the end of the movie. And uh, my, my role is small, but it's very pivotal. And it was a bucket list moment for me. But yeah. now the stuff that no one knows, and I'm and I'm and I'm oh, revealing this here. This um, I talked about it with podcast. another reporter once, but okay, this is crazy. Spielberg, when he was that age, was making Super Eight movies, right? right. Uh, now let's forget that for a second. When I was twelve, uh, eleven, and twelve, two of my best friends, J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves, two of mm. the most brilliant filmmakers, and uh, um, you know. They, they are responsible for so much of what we're watching now in this whole, you know, uh, genre world and um, superhero world. So those guys were making Super 8 movies. And I was Mr. Goofball, uh, you know, starring in those movies. And remember, we're at 10 and 11 and 12. Um, the, uh, Matt and JJ land on this public access show that this guy did. Uh, Gerard Ravel did a show, and it was about young filmmakers. And so they did a little piece hmm. on them and showed a couple of the clips from these stupid little movies that we did. And um, Kathy Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy, who now runs Lucasfilm, she's, she's brilliant. Oh, producer. yes, yes. She sees these two little kids and she sparked to it. Why? Because she had a week earlier got a call from a guy in Arizona who bought uh, a, a house and went up into the attic and saw there was a box of Super 8 movies up there. And he had been told this was the house that Steven Spielberg grew up in. So he, he, he no looked way. at these films and said, wait a minute. These might be the films that Steve, that little Steven Spielberg made. Okay. So he calls Kathy Kennedy. This is way back. Calls Kathy Kennedy. Says, I have these things. Oh, calls uh, you know, Spielberg's office. Kathleen Kennedy was Spielberg's assistant at the time. And she says, oh, bring them in. He brings them in. The movies are all broken. And, you know, the, the film, because it was up in the attic. And she remembered, wait a minute. There are these two young filmmakers. They know how to splice stuff. And they're that age. Tell Get Steven. Steven here. says, send it to these guys. Let's see if they can fix it contact little 12-year-old Matt Reeves, 12-year-old J.J. Abrams, and now they're in J.J.'s room and Matt's room, and they're splicing, and I'm sitting there going, guys, come on, I'm hungry. You know, we're, we're like little kids. <laughs> That's right. You but promised I, we'd go, for, go, go get pizza or something. Yeah, exactly. What are we doing here? <laughs> Steven Spielberg. And even though we all know who Steven Spielberg was. So now that was done back then. Full circle to today Here's a movie about young Steven Spielberg making those very movies when he was a kid. That's oh, a lot wow. of the movie is watching him make these movies and with his friends and blah, blah, blah. And I'm in that movie. That movie. That's crazy. Dude, how crazy is that? That's crazy. So yeah. what what when you made when you told JJ and Matt that you're doing this, did they see the full circle nature of the whole thing? Uh, for, well, JJ for sure. Um, JJ and and Stephen have been collaborators and very very good friends. And I had met um, uh, Spielberg a couple of times, uh, just in passing. And once at a screening, you know, JJ will bring me in to to watch the first cut of Star Wars or whatever, you know, to, to yeah, which sure. is it's such a privilege. Um, and someone like Stephen will be there, or someone else. But um, I had never really had that much conversation with him. And when I auditioned for the Fablemans. It was an audition. I thought it was another Coen Brothers. I'd worked with the Coen Brothers uh, years ago, and I got this audition, and it felt very Coen Brothers-y. It was period-y, you know, period thing, and the character was a little bit larger than life. And um, and and so I was like, oh, maybe it they wouldn't tell me what it was. That's wild. Cut to, I get a call, and it's like, yeah, you got the role in the Steven Spielberg movie. I'm like, what role? What are you talking about? And they said, remember that secret project from months ago? Boom. And then Barry Levinson cast me in Paterno the same way. They didn't want to tell people it was with Al Pacino and whatever. I sent an audition in and I got the role. And, um, 
you know, I get lucky sometimes when people say I'm a fan and I want to work with you and they'll offer me. I've had, that's happened a lot, but with big projects like this, you have to show what you can do and see if you're the right guy. And I'm all for that. The stuff that I direct and produce, I'm, I want to see the people do it. I want to, I don't care who you are, you know, um, short of a massive star. If you're a, you know, journeyman character actor like me, it's like, I want to, I want to see what you can do. And so it was to find myself on the set in period garb, you know, playing this character, Bernie Fine, so who random. created uh, Hogan's Heroes and yeah, yeah. and actually gives young 16, 17-year-old Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, his break. It, it was it was just, it was amazing. It's just <laughs> that's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. That's, that's very, very cool. One thing I have noticed about you, because I've seen you do uh, other interviews, I've seen, you know, I've heard you on podcasts or whatever, uh, you're... You're not a name droppy type person. No. And you have these famous friends and there's a genuine joy for their success as they must have for your success. Uh, it just seems very genuine. It seems not very Hollywood type. It seems like it's not a question of, oh, well, you know, I, I got connected to Star Wars because of JJ. It's no, no, no. That's the guy. That was like my buddy. I had sleepovers with this guy. Yeah, it, it's that guy. It, 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 there's like a genuine adoration for each other that it seems not very like you don't seem that you know what that obnoxious name droppy type yeah, person is. Of course. But you say that right after I've just dropped four names on you. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but, but before we got on, I mentioned that I knew Ken Griffey Jr. And it wasn't yeah. to be like, I'm a badass. I know Ken Griffey Jr. It's right. Ken Griffey Jr. And that was context to the story we were telling. Yeah. And there's a difference. There's a genuineness when you talk about those guys. Yeah. And, and you know, that's that's as a result of growing up in Los Angeles around very, very talented people being very, very lucky. I mean, my group of, of young friends when I was growing up, it's like I mentioned, Matt Reeves, a guy named Mark Sanderson, very, very talented nice. writer, J.J. Abrams, um, Jesse Alexander, you know, and then coming up through um, through uh, Heroes, you know, after, so, I, you know, I was on Felicity, which I begged and borrowed, you know, uh, begged every, every second <laughs> I could with Matt and JJ. They both created Felicity. And I was like, yeah, yeah. guys, I have to be on this show. I'm a struggling actor. JJ and I are living together at the time. And I'm going out auditions and I'm like scrapping. And they've got this brilliant show. And I was way too old to play college. But I begged. You know, I was like, come on, guys. And they gave me a great role. Yeah, then yeah. JJ, you know, JJ and I want to work together on everything. Um, Matt as well. And Brian Burke, also brilliant producer. You know, Berkey, he was part of that group growing up. So it is organic you know, all these things. And I'll leave the nest occasionally. Heroes was me leaving the nest, um, these other projects. Um, but I love working with my friends who happen to be some of the most brilliant and, and talented, but also menchiest, wonderful, like great, great people. Really um, know, yeah. yeah. And they, and by the way, I'm not the only one, like they love working with people over and over again that they trust, especially on the crew. Um, cast is a little more different because you have to be right for the role, but you look at their crews. I mean, they, they work with the best of the best over and over again, because why would you seek out new people if you trust and have a shorthand with, with the, you know, uh, yeah. super talented people that get the work done, you know, that you can count on. I totally get it. You referenced, uh, heroes and heroes is such a unique show in the sense that it is the superhero genre without the superhero IP. I mean, it's, and, it's and exactly the what and the it, tights it's and what the, the cape, boys became, right? It, it, it's what the boys became. It's what Jupiter's Legacy became. It's uh, Umbrella yeah. Academy, like these shows that are 
the they're not the IP. They're not Superman and Batman and Spider Man and Wonder Woman. It's yeah. We're gonna tell a story, and in essence, it's 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 a great X Men story without the X Men. Yeah, I mean, you know, Joe Pekaski, Tim Kring, um, you know, uh, um, God, all the all the people that were around Jeff Loeb at the very beginning, Jesse Alexander. What what Tim Kring saw was in the unbearable lightness of being, and also those are the, the two things he references when he created this was was unbearable lightness of being and um, the Incredibles, and the Incredibles was a average family, you know. And he, so he, I, what he tells Incredibles the story, is the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. Yeah, and and <laughs> and it's it's people, and and if you remember in the Incredibles, he loses his power, he gets it back, whatever. It's average people. And that's what what I sparked to. I was like, wow, this is not a your average or your 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 run of the mill predictable superhero thing. It's like, what if you woke up Seth ne- tomorrow and you were hearing voices and you didn't know where they were coming from, but you only heard them when you were in close proximity to other people, and suddenly you realize you're hearing their thoughts. And what would you do? And would you oh, go lose your mind? And then you realize your father, you know, which is a typical trope in in that world where it's like you're in the long line, this lineage of people that have sure, these powers, sure. but. I think they explored it in such a cool way. And then ironically, for me being the mind reading police officer, having my son have epilepsy and being a brain condition and I'm dealing with emotions and brain and, and all that yeah, yeah, thoughts. Yeah. It was just, it was, it, it hit so close to home. Um, it was, it was, it was the best of all of those superpowers on the show for me. I, I just absolutely loved, I wouldn't trade. Everybody always says, if you could, go back and be any of those other characters, what would you be? I'm like, Matt Parkman. That's who I wanted to be. Who and that's ask you that. Oh, <laughs> every single, look, I'm about to do LA Comic Con. And that's the question that I that's get. That's the question. Oh my, oh God. my God. Over ask and over better again. Questions people come. I on. know exactly. The, the, uh, the neat thing about that show was it, it, it was one of those superhero things that took itself seriously. And, right. you know, I remember, you know, talking to, we did a podcast. I think we have a mutual friend. We did a podcast with uh, Ralph Garman, mm-hmm. right? K-Rock guy and has his own Oh my God, Ralph's now. the best. Yeah. And uh, so Ralph came on the Hall of Justice a couple of times. And when, when he came on, we were talking about his uh, connection to Adam West. He was very close with Adam West. And I don't think you get heroes without the evolution we did an episode with a college professor on how do you get from bill bixby adam west lou ferrigno linda carter mm. to grant gustin and the flash and and Stephen amell and like this this evolution of it that you have to get from point a to point b and heroes yeah. was at a time where they weren't doing superhero shows yet remember they the smallville was on the air but he couldn't have a uniform no way that no right. tights you know like no problem and and heroes brought that that gravitas to the whole thing, and mm-hmm. people who were adults, you know, it, it, it's exactly what this podcast did. It, it, people who are adults that appreciate the superhero genre for the story, this mm-hmm. is porn to them. Like this is yeah. this, the, <laughs> heroes is exactly it. That's right. That's right. Well, it's not porn without me involved. It, oh, it's all about me. Yeah, of course. Uh, no, I completely agree. It's why whenever I go to I do comic cons all over the world, and I have this band now called the action figures and uh people can go to the action figures band.com and you'll see the band everybody on stage has an action figure but not only that we are all well first of all we have a great time we're a party band but we we sign at these things and then we walk the halls like we yeah. are just as obsessed as everybody else if i could wear 
Matt Parkman's uniform and walk around. I would. It's crazy. I love it. I embrace it. Um, look, I had a show with Kevin Smith called Geeking Out on AMC. You're, you're and, referencing all my notes here, by the way. Uh, I know, I, I know, of course, of course. But you and I are, now. yeah, you and I are friends. This is not, uh, this is not <laughs> a, uh, you know, podcaster, reporter, uh, actor relationship anymore. Look, I, I just, I, I really, I mean it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, and I don't go as deep, trust me, at times. Like that was the whole thing about that show was Kevin was all about deep cuts. And like you are, like really knowing where the origin stories are, yeah, where yeah. this stems from and, and what the sword was called and what the, the, but, but all these things. I don't know that stuff. K Tiffany Smith and me and, and Kevin and I and were the, future on that guest show. On the Hall of Justice, the great Tiffany Smith. Uh, she's a future guest? Yeah, we, we've, we haven't had our schedules sync. Like oh, we, we've, we've I, just been no, trying, no, to, no. trying to Are you kidding me? We, we're going to get her. I'll get her for okay. Look, I, I'm sure she said yes already, but she and I are about to do dc lifestyle live on on instagram and and, and nice. unbox all of this great dc stuff um i think it's december 6th um and we have a secret person calling in but dc lifestyle is like i guess their their instagram and and uh and and so anyway the two of us they asked us to we're going to be in this big mansion in hollywood and we're going to be nice. opening presents it's going to be super cool but tiffany is the greatest she is also deep cuts so yeah. i was the guy who was like the dumb guy who just enjoys all these movies and tv yeah. shows and doesn't really go that deep as far as um comic books and and all that even though i have a graphic novel i love graphic novels but i that was their job my job was more i hate to use the term superficial but i i am a super fan without um doing the homework i guess right. you could say you know what well, I mean? I just love and it. And there's a there's a common theme uh, on on the podcast that we talk about is uh, if you watched uh, every episode of Heroes, you watch all the Disney Plus shows, you've seen everything yeah. on Netflix, but you haven't picked up a comic book in six months. Are you a comic book fan? Ooh. And the answer, I I still think the answer is yes. And uh, you know, it, it doesn't give me any pleasure to see this, but. The comic book industry impact has been minimized. And really what it is, is it's keeping that intellectual property so that they can make these billion dollar movies. Yeah. So if you no. watch, you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you're you're not reading Ed Brubaker's creation of the, the Winter Soldier anymore. It, that, that's not where the you comic don't think that. No, because you don't. There's only so many hours in the day and there's so much stuff on that. Uh, I, I just look back at the episodes. This episode comes out. You're the first guest in six weeks because there has been so much content to do reviews. Mm. She-Hulk and Black Panther and Black Adam and Andor and Tales of the Jedi. That's all in the last six weeks. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's true. That's my favorite thing about COVID when COVID, COVID sucked by a, a, a lot of levels. Yeah. But yeah. all these people on social media going, oh, I'm rewatching Knight Rider. I'm like, when do you find the time? There's so much stuff out. That I know. It's I, literally I agree. Like if you're in this genre, you are in the golden era. Like, there's hey, so much stuff. I And I get calls. You mentioned Grant Gustin, right? So I, Kevin was directing episodes of The Flash. And he said, hey, will yeah. you come up and do a couple episodes? And I was like. Hell yeah. yeah I better course. watch this thing. And I <laughs> yeah. hadn't seen it yet. And then I watched it and it was, it was seasons had gone by. Yeah. I just hadn't had time. And I realized I'm watching it. I'm like, this is really fucking good. Yeah. Like really good. And then, um, and then Kripke uh, got a hold of me, Eric Kripke. And he said, I want you to be on the boys. The boys. And I'm like, 
sure. Uh, <laughs> what's the boys? And I, you know, and then I obviously had heard of it and I was obsessed and I still yeah. am with that show. Well, the and- boys was our review. That's that's what I always say is the worst episode of the podcast because we don't we had no idea what to say. It was just great. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I know. How great. often can you how many times can you say, wow? Right. I mean, I, that it's I'm telling you right, to that... be able to pick something apart. That's a good podcast, you know, like to. to yeah, it, it, you can love something and still criticize it or you know, it's not from a position of you're not ripping it. It's more. That's what the debate is. That's what. Right. That's or what they the could have gone is. more this way. They could have done this. They could have done that. I, I'll tell you. The newest you... thing, though, is is Andor. I, there's, there's nothing about Andor like. I, I would like to see one person have any complaint about Andor. It's literally I haven't, perfect. I haven't seen it yet. I have oh, not seen okay. it yet. I know. I can't. I can't well, wait. Don't I listen can't to wait. the last episode because we spoil the fuck out of it. Okay. Well, I, that's <laughs> the one I haven't listened to. By the way, <laughs> you mentioned the boys being where the next evolution of Heroes would have been, our show Heroes. Yeah. And that is something that I like at the end of Heroes. Heroes ends with Hayden you know, the cheerleader announcing to the world that there are people with powers yep. and what are we going to, so it, it would have gone horribly wrong in the best way. And I, I, I really wish we would have had the opportunity to do that. And I'm not talking about heroes reborn heroes reborn was a different animal. I, I didn't particularly love, uh, particularly my character. I just was like, why is Matt Parkman, Matt Parkman killing everyone? I, I don't understand yeah, that, yeah. but then they never really justified it was to save my family. I mean, they did, but they didn't anyway, but I was happy for the work and loved, getting together with a lot of these people again but but no the, the boys is exactly where i think heroes would have gone especially taking into consideration like what they how they use social media and how they use yep. uh the likes and and how popular and how you know you can just you, you can get obsessed with that you know and, and and that's the power consumes these people you don't think about it superman like uh, you don't really get a sense of superman <laughs> that he's like egotistical and 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 uh uh you know, I, I I love what they do on that show. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely, you know, thinking back to heroes and like you don't get heroes without Smallville. You mm-hmm. don't get Smallville without uh, Quantum Leap and and Knight Rider. Yeah. Like, like you saw those shows because, you know, what I what I always laugh about those shows, they have such a, a special uh, today, today, the day that we're recording this. Uh, Netflix announced that Knight Rider was leaving uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I I tweeted something. I said, I said, I'm going to miss this show because, you know, I, I wonder what service this is going to pop on, you know, maybe Peacock or, or whatever. My point being yeah. is that they did with so little back then because they didn't have the treasure trove. There was this stigma about comic books and you couldn't do i mean the the greatest line stan lee tells the story about how the producers of the incredible hulk wouldn't let him be bruce banner bill bixby's character couldn't be bruce banner because bruce was a gay name wow and so he's 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 david banner and like we grew up with david banner and i remember seeing cartoons in the 90s of the hulk with 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 bruce and i'm like who the hell is bruce banner that's I'm like, so... his name is David Banner. And I, I thought that was so odd. Yeah. And like yeah. to see where it's get, but but that's where I think Heroes' place is as a, a linchpin because it was it took the superhero genre seriously. Yeah. And, and it was so it respected character and it respected and it was hard to juggle. You had remember you had eight characters, all oh 
various, you know, uh, uh, just everybody from all over the world. On each one of them. Yes. And <laughs> by the way, when we shot the show, I remember there were times there was one episode, I think it was a season finale. We were all together downtown. There was another, obviously, press press opportunities. But we would see each other and I would see Ali Larder and I'd be like, I really love your show. <laughs> and I would see, you know, uh, Milo and be like, dude, what, you're yeah. killing it because we didn't work together. Only in the later episodes with, did they put us together, and that were that was something that we were. It was it was kind of like the Justice League. We were like, put yeah. us together, uh, you know, as together we we can have be more powerful. Um, and they did that a little bit, you know. <laughs> and I have you know uh, Jack Coleman, Adrian Pazdar are in my band. They're in the action oh, figures. So great. Um, so and and Scott Grimes kinda, is in the action. I kind of remember you playing a Comic Con that I had worked. Like, was it Chicago? I, I think so. I think it was uh, Wizard Chicago. Yeah, that yeah. was a great. Yep. So this weekend. That was pre-COVID. That was pre-COVID. This weekend, Saturday night, the 3rd, December 3rd, we are playing at the Mayan Theater. People can go to LACC, that's LA Comic Con, LACCparty.com and get tickets. You don't have to have bought tickets to the Comic Con to go to the, the show. Dave, uh, I mean, Tom Kinney's band, uh, SpongeBob, He's uh -huh. he's got a great band, big mm -hmm. band. They're playing, and then we're on the bill. After him, we go on. Amy Jo Johnson, who was the Pink Power Ranger and also was on Felicity with me, she's playing. Sarah Wayne Callies from The Walking Dead and other things. Um, she's got a new show she's doing with Milo Ventimiglia, believe it or not. She's singing on stage. But we have, That's let's so see, cool. Adrian Pazdar, Jack Coleman, me, Scott Grimes from The Orville and from everything. Party of uh, Five. Party of Five, American Dad. Another and very Ted. underrated show, Party of Five. Yeah, and, and he's shooting De uh, Ted right now with uh, Seth MacFarlane. They're doing Ted oh, as oh. a TV series, which is oh, awesome. Yeah. But anyway, we're, we're this great. We love playing together, and we're going to kill it at the Mayan uh, on Saturday night. It's going to be fun. The one guy uh, that we haven't mentioned from Heroes that I'm so curious about uh, is uh, Zachary Quinto. Oh, the uh, best. Because he was... He was so effing scary in his role in Heroes. And then he yeah. was a great Spock, like a great Spock. Yeah. Um, did yeah a, I remember, did, 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 by did the a way, remarkable uh, role in that with your guy, JJ. But yeah. just the idea of um, the epitome of the villain, like the, the villain of the show. I, oh my God. Yeah. What a. The guy you love to hate. I mean, he, but he brings such humanity. People don't realize, or maybe they do. I hope they do. I think they do. What a, an amazing actor Zachary Quinto is. He is so good. He cares so much about every word that comes out of his mouth. There's not a dishonest bone in his body. So when he is, you know, playing the villain, he believes that what he's doing, which is any villain, you know, the greatest uh, actors that play villains, they are just in what they're doing. They feel like, you know, I'm doing the right thing. He was so good and and is is incredible in everything he does. I love him so much. And I remember we were shooting Heroes and JJ was considering him for uh, Spock. And I remember JJ, you know, because I talked to him almost every day. He's like, he's like, so tell me, uh, Zach. And I'm like, the best. Stop. Don't look at anybody else. He, he, first of all, he's perfect. But he it will blow you away. He's like, he already has in auditions and everything. I mean, he's just that guy. He's that guy. Yeah. That's, yeah that, and by the way, Zach Quinto on Heroes, yeah. Zachary Quinto and Chris Pine are together on my website, uh, talkaboutit.org, talking about epilepsy and um, what to do in case you see someone have a seizure. It's a great 
uh, little PSA thing that they did together, but they are oh, cool. incredible. So people can go, every, every celebrity you can imagine is on talkaboutit.org. But um, I trick people into learning what to do if you see someone have a seizure, because you go, you're like, oh, there's Jennifer Garner, and oh, there's, you know, uh, Milo Ventimiglia, and there's whatever. You go to the website, you see your favorite celebrity, and then they're, that you learn a little something about seizures and epilepsy. Oh, that's really, uh, that's great. And uh, you do a, uh, a YouTube series. Um, yes, yes. You, do, I am you partnered doing... with, a, with a ep- epilepsy about being a caregiver? Yeah, so I partnered with Jazz Pharmaceuticals. They're supporting it uh, financially. It's a real series. Um, the unsung heroes in the world are caregivers. We're all caregivers. If you have kids, you're a caregiver. If you, Even if you don't have issues, medical issues to deal with, sure. You're caring for people you love. And the last thing that someone in that position wants is a pat on the back um, or recognition or a day of self-care for themselves. Yet when you're on a plane, they tell you, don't help the person next to you until you put your mask on yourself. So you have to be healthy to help other people. Well, part of being healthy is just having a moment to go get a cup of coffee or whatever. So I travel the country. I find these caregivers. And right now it's the world of, in the world of epilepsy and, and rare epilepsies. Uh, like LGS and Dravet syndrome and, and things like that. My oldest son has epilepsy. Uh, he's 26. He's living well with it. He's, as a matter of fact, on stage with us this weekend. Um, but he has a great job, and he, he's a second-degree Taekwondo black belt. And, you know, he's a normal person. Um, and he's single, ladies. He's single. Um, but Jake is an example of someone who's living well with it. But we talk about it all, 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 all the time. But when I meet other caregivers, there's a shorthand. I love hanging out with them. We laugh, we have fun, but we talk. There's an understanding. There's just an understanding. You've been there. So it's called The Caregiver. And if you go to thecaregiverseries.com, you can see all the episodes. It's on YouTube. We have new episodes coming out all the time. Brittany um, is an episode. um, She talks about her son, Kaysen. um, And John is a guy who loves old cars like me. We went and hung out and drove old cars and talked about our families. Oh, and then we went back to his house and I barbecued for everybody. It's, but it's a great series. And, and I, I really encourage everyone in and out of the epilepsy community to check it out. The caregiverseries.com. There is a, a, uh, there's a, a running theory uh, in today's modern genre material that you can tell, unlike in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, that you can tell that the people who are making certain things today, uh, the Russo brothers, uh, JJ, um, Favreau, um, that you can tell that while they're making it, that while they're making it, they were absolutely mega fans that people watching it can remember. Like you can tell that the Mandalorian is a love letter to yeah. Star Wars. Like he, he, he absolutely loves that. When, when your friend JJ gets Star Trek, and then a few years later gets Star Wars in a reboot of a franchise. Oh yeah, was he that guy? Was he that guy that had the toys and had the the, the sheets and the and, and 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 the stuff? Was he that guy that the the thousands of people who listen to this podcast are like, I was just like that guy. Yeah, I mean, he talks about it. Um, he was more Star Wars than Star Trek. Uh, but growing up, the two of us, we, we talk about how when we saw Star Wars um, for the first time in the theater, standing there at the Avco Theater, um, it was the first time that as a human being, we left some sort of a uh, movie theater or 
you know, in that case, a movie theater, but, uh, and, and had questions beyond the story that was represented. We were interested. We were invested. We were, we, we, we escaped into that world. And um, George Lucas did it better than anybody at that time. And it was just, it was like, what did we just see? You know, it was, we were consumed by it and we loved it. Um, and he has always been a storyteller. I mean, uh, I remember my dad, my dad is, you know, he's 90, he's doing well. And my dad jokes to JJ all the time that when we were, I think, 10, he took us to Shakey's, which is a pizza place. And we were sitting there having pizza and he, he wrote on a napkin, uh, I am JJ's manager and I get 10% of whatever he makes. And he gave it to JD and goes, sign this, please. And he was joking. He was joking, but we all knew how brilliant he was back then. And Matt Reeves too, same thing. And, um, but they were, these are the things that shaped them. Um, JJ, back when he was that age, was communicating with Dick Smith and the incredible special effects and visual effects. And he was always into all of that stuff and learning every aspect of filmmaking. Um, Matt went to USC. His master's thesis film was called Mr. Petrified Forest, produced by um, Brian Burke and me. And I play this chauffeur in the movie. And JJ, there's a moment that's like a dream sequence where an airplane crashes into the front lawn on a in a house and JJ built the airplane. And, and I remember, you know, the, the, the people called the police cause they thought it was so real and, and it's a student film, but it was a master's thesis project. And just, you know, seeing the influence that all of these movies had on them, it, it was just, it's such a, a weird thing for me to, to think about because I am just as much a fan of all of those canons that the, for JJ to have the opportunity to bring back, you know, or, you know, modernize Star Trek was oh. just like, what? And he humanized it in the yeah. same way that it was humanized back then and how important it was to every, you know, to everybody involved. And, and then with Star Wars, it was like, why do you want this responsibility again? And it was because of his love for Star Wars. When we were on the set, I, well, that's what moment. I want. That's what I was leaning toward. I, oh, I you know, I, we can talk to JJ about JJ. What, what I was thinking of is, you know, are you watching your friend make a movie or are you watching like you're like goosebumps because you just saw the Millennium Falcon like goosebumps beyond goosebumps. I get to London. We shoot at Pinewood Studios where they shot all the originals. Right. I get there. And I'm I'm, I'm on the lot for a wardrobe fitting to get my orange jumpsuit on and fitted. And uh, and they go, uh, you know, I, I text JJ. And I'm like, hey, he goes, oh, come over to, to, you know, we're working on. And I go over and he goes. You got it. You got to come up here with me. And I'm like, what? And it was the Millennium Falcon. And and granted, it was in, in a couple pieces. Like the cockpit is is not part of the. You know, it's just weird. You know, because it's a yeah. set. But it is the Millennium Falcon, and we are walking. And I I I couldn't believe where I was. JJ was the exact same way. And I'll tell you something. When I was shooting <laughs> that that sequence in the in the, the first movie in in seven, when we're all around and everybody's on that, I have a great photo. Do I have it here? I have a great photo of where I, you know, basically it's uh, it's like uh, Boyega says, you know, what do you got? Or Oscar says, what do you got? And oh, snap went out for reconnaissance. And I and I tell this whole thing. So everybody's there, everybody. And uh, Bob Iger was on set that day, and Bob Iger was asking to take selfies with Anthony <laughs> Daniels and everyone. No one, it, it's not lost on anyone. Now there are very very rare projects where that happens. I mean, really, it's there's not too many where you are like, uh, 
The boys will be one eventually, but that's a new project. These are these are embedded in our they, they shaped us as we where we were kids. So for me, it was almost it was not disappointing, but I was like, I don't want to get jaded. I still want to love it. Oh, working with Carrie Fisher. Like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? And and getting to know Billy and being friends, you know, it's just it didn't disappoint. Let me tell you tell you that. You know, they say be careful, don't meet your heroes don't meet your hero projects. You know, like, I don't want it to spoil what Star Wars is to me. And JJ was the same way. Like, there were so many moments where he would walk up to me and go, what the hell are we doing? Are we really here? And this guy wrote or co-wrote, produced, directed. This is his whole thing. And he was still in awe of the fact that he was getting this opportunity to do this project. Yeah. yeah. And it shows. It shows. It's a, it's incredible. And the neatest thing about it is just like we said that you don't get the flash and uh, it, without heroes, you need force awakens and ultimately rise of Skywalker and last Jedi for that matter to get to where star Wars is now uh, yeah. with this Mandalorian and uh, this uh, baby Yoda. And, and, oh and, yeah. But at, then out of nowhere to come out. And then in the season finale of the Mandalorian, and I thought of, uh, JJ, because I want, I remember we did the review of, of the Mandalorian season two when yep. young Luke Skywalker shows up. Right. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Like, it was really like, I know. I, I, there, there's very few moments where something's not spoiled on social media anyway. Like, you know, yeah, th- that is literally a moment where you don't know how to process. I know because it's it's that, and I think. But there's so many. But, but I by think the way, for people of our age, like we're similar yeah. in age, like I think people of our age felt that more than any person under twenty five. Like, yeah, you can't but if you realize what that was like. But if you're listening to this and you want more of those feelings, read Charles Soule's books and and d- dive more into all of the, all of the stuff. I don't know how they he keep had it all Charles straight. Soule on this podcast in the very very beginning. Oh yeah. Char- he's, he's the greatest. He's become a friend. And, and I, but, but they, 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 they all work together, man. They all work together. Like you have so many now, especially there has to be um, moments when they go, okay, we need synergy here. We have comic books. We have, you know, yeah. graphic novels. We have this, we have features. We have now streaming TV. Like who is, obviously there are more than one, there's more than one person, but it's, is it, is it Dave Filoni? Is it like, who, who's, Right. Uh, wrangling it all so that the secret doesn't get given away here. And like when you have that moment when you're like, oh, this young Luke Skywalker, there are mo- there are people that will say, oh, yeah, but it showed up in, you know, this or I, I get people coming up to me all the time. They're like, oh, Temin was such I mean, his mom was the, one of the greatest fighters ever. And, you know, they know oh, yeah. so much yeah. about my family and they're like Mr. Bones and this and that. And I'm like, I have to catch up with a lot of that stuff, yeah. you know, for my yeah. own character, even though I'm, you know, obviously my character died and I'm out of it. But I. You'll never be out of it. I, I feel such a an honor and a privilege to be even a small part of, of all of that. It's just so great. But it, it's so funny because there's something. I mean, look at this. Look at this. That's awesome. That's incredible. Somebody <laughs> made this for me. This That's is amazing. for people that are not looking. It's it's Star well, Wars and Star it's Trek. Podcast. Yeah, but it's it's <laughs> uh, it's a it's a like two action figures on the same thing. It's me as, you know, Commander Finnegan and as Snap Wexley. And it's just so great. I love that people take their imaginations and run with it. And 
they'll bring me something at a Comic-Con. I go, dude, what about this? It's awesome. Well, that was the thing on how we came up with this uh, idea. I was working, you know, freelancing, doing a bunch of Comic-Cons. Um, Wizard had hired me to do something called the Con TV. And it mm-hmm. was like, you know, like ESPN College Game Day, how they, they go in yeah. the middle of a campus at the, the University of Alabama and all these screaming people will do that at a Comic-Con. And, mm. and that, that was the idea. And all the people in the back would be in costume, you know, and, and, and that would be the Brilliant. idea. And actually, the episodes are on Tubi, which I think is hysterical yeah. because Tubi keeps telling me to watch them. And you guys must get this all the time. Like, why is why would I watch that? I, I was in that. I, 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 did, I did that. Yeah. And so that's where the idea the of the podcast, because if you think about the, the countless people that go to these cons, every yeah. one of them has a story to tell. Yep. And that that's the idea about how you can appreciate this uh, genre. Um, you know, we met because of Twitter. And so it's kind of a weird uh, final question on how, how we close out. But, um, you know, Twitter is something else uh, right now. Who, who knows? By the time this comes out, Twitter could be off. Who, who knows? But um, this idea of being able to have fans of, heroes or star wars or or felicity or any of the countless things that, that that you've been in uh just to be able to 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 reach out and touch you um what how rewarding has that been and you know given the toxicity of social media how have you embraced it well i embrace it more i i, I do read all the the i try and keep up with all the stuff um you know that people write and send in on social media but i do prefer you know the the in-person nice contact people. yeah really nice <laughs> like no no really really nice i i don't i don't know i don't really get a lot of hate stuff and at all and um and, nor do i pay attention to it there's just so much love and there's so much appreciation and people say the nicest things and it's it's just amazing and it, and it's also what's great is that i'll i'll be able to do something like i'm doing on you know with the caregiver series and people support it they'll check it out and they'll pass it on and you know, that affects 3 million people. So there's so many Star Wars, Star Trek fans out there. And then the power of these groups, the, the, the you know, the 501st. I mean, here are people that, that you know, this is a group, that organization all over the world. There are 501st um, uh, members and they dress up and they go to hospitals and they help kids and they help charities. And it's just wonderful to be a part of that. It's a really strong community uh you know uh jay jay stobie i don't know if you know jay but he he's got a big thing for star trek and and star wars and th- when i reach out to, when, I, when i talk to someone like you i know i'm reaching a big community that actually gives a shit that actually will say you know what there are power in numbers we can affect this i'm going to check this out i'm going to support it's it, it's it doesn't it, it just takes your time but we all need each other man it, it's um it's wonderful that there's something like the work that I've done that hopefully, you know, the projects that I've done, they'll last forever. And, um, you know, to be a part of that and to leave your mark is, is a great thing. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, getting to know you and and having you on this podcast. And uh, I'll tell you, um, you know, to be able to uh, just enjoy, you know, stuff that has given so many people so much pleasure. Uh, it's been, it's been truly rewarding. And, uh, 
it's good to see good people. You're just an easy guy to root for. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. And, and likewise, thank you for having me on. And I'm glad this worked out. And I also am a last minute guy. So I know you, you know, this was supposed to be yeah. a different episode, but I'm so glad. Yeah. And I will, if you have any opportunity that you're like, hey, well, you know what? Let's just call Grunny and see. I'm here for you, man. You and I yeah. have our personal not, information. Uh, do not Don't hesitate. Careful. I have that now on tape. And, uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, I am planning now coming back on the show, and we're going to talk about Prince. I see the symbol behind you. I have the greatest Prince story ever. I'm not going to even right. well, go into it, it now. Yes, it but you have to episode. promise me. You heard it. You recording this. Everybody oh, here yeah. is listening. I'm getting back on the show, and I'm going to tell you my Prince story. Thanks, Greg. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, man. Have a great day, and uh, happy holidays. That'll do it for this episode of the Hall of Justice. Thanks so much for those of you who, who listen. Uh, thanks to social media for putting uh, this, this episode together. This one I chalk up to Twitter. Uh, and uh, yes, he will, he will make frequent appearances on the Hall of Justice podcast. We will see you next week with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.